Hi everyone, welcome to the Math Therapy Sessions podcast. In today's fifth episode, we have Dr. Siddhant Pradhan. Dr. Siddhant is an oral surgeon, a cricketer, and the host of No Balls Cricket podcast. This is the video podcast. The links to the audio podcast are given in the description down below. So do check that out too. Siddhant, why oral surgery? Like, um. So, I mean, you know this better than most people, but I didn't really enjoy general dentistry at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, but it was just, there's something about surgical work and working with my hands. And I was never like, most people don't really like blood. I didn't really mind it. Mm-hmm. And I just, there was this intense satisfaction from when you get a tooth out and now having done oral surgery. Was there any specific moment that, okay, this is it. I, I'm going to get into oral surgery. Like... There wasn't a specific moment, but it kind of uh, built up to a point where you're like, okay, I don't really see myself doing anything other than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when I sort of decided that, let me just go with this. And then when I got into it, it was great. You loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, uh, because in dentistry, like during the BDS days, you never had, like you never showed any, affi- like, you know, affection towards like major affection. No, and, I, and, and that's the thing. I still, I'm still not a fan of general dentistry. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excite me in the way that if someone asks me to do a root canal, I don't get excited. Someone asks me to pull out a cyst or something, my eyes light up. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the difference. So you did basically MDS in oral surgery. Yeah. And yeah. how was the experience of doing MDS in India? The, I mean, the experience is fabulous. And the thing, I actually at DY, we were under a lot of really good surgeons. Mm-hmm. So, and you got to see a lot. So you get a lot of, you know, trauma cases and things like that. So you did a lot of maxillofacial work as well. Um and it was just the exposure. There was so much mm. of it. Mm. You got such a variety of things to see. Like I'd seen pretty much everything from, you know, basic impactions to, um, you know, neck dissection, cancer surgery, that kind of stuff. And then you saw joint replacement um, for TMJ, you know, ankylosis release and then a joint replacement. So you'd see you get the exposure was tremendous. So how do you prepare yourself? Like, for example, you you do like... For example, root canal is a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. to go from that to something like a major facial surgery. I mean, does it freak you out the the first time you see so many? I mean, I mean, how do you cope up with that? So the thing is, it's it's. I mean, if you're it, it, with oral surgery, one of the main things is you have to be interested in it. I, I, I mean, I've never seen anybody who. There's a lot of people that do sort of you know general dentistry and mm-hmm. don't really love doing root canals or things like that, mm-hmm. but they still kind of do it. Mm. With oral surgery, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, there's no, you know, it doesn't work. You, you don't get that sort of excitement. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I would look at a case like that, I'd think, mm. oh, look, this is awesome. I've got this still removed. Yeah. You know, and there's, um, I have to do this and that. And so I, the way then in the planning stages of it, I'd get really excited. And like, how was your experience in like doing masters in India? Like, no, it was a good experience. Um, especially with the uh, MaxFax work, you get, into the you're in the hospital setting quite a lot mm-hmm. um and i thought that's for dentists that's a bit different because mm-hmm. um, you're never really in that environment mm. until you start working there yeah um for us it's a bit different because you get to interact with all of the other medical specialties as well mm. so you know you make friends with the anesthetist the general surgeon the it's the closest you can you can hop over to mbbs i think i think for a no. dent yeah for possibly for a dentist it's possibly the easiest route into, not easiest, I wouldn't say easiest, but I would say it's the most sort of common, the, the closest to what a sort of master's student would be from, um, you know, an MBBS route. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go f- through that and then you do your master's in what, general medicine, general surgery, and they're all in the hospital. So I think you kind of interact. It's it's a bit different, yes, but it's not, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing out of the ordinary. So basically, you loved uh, the whole uh, time in, uh, like, you know, when you did. Uh, so was it different from undergrad? How Or how different was it from undergrad? The main, I mean, so the, the first thing, obviously, I really enjoyed what I was doing there. So, um, you, you know, it, it's very different from your undergrad because it's more, it's more focused. Okay. I think with the undergrad and, I mean, a lot of people I've spoken to always say this, that their undergrad degree has a lot of things that they really don't enjoy doing. But mm-hmm. you have to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, that was one of the things where I just, this was everything that I wanted to do. Mm. So it it was a lot easier to get motivated to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it's a very different experience to your undergrad. And but you do learn 
only a set of skills right like towards one subject or did that hamper your other aspects of dentistry or not not really not really i mean you're never going to forget to do general dentistry mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's based on the same principles mm. so if you have the option of say you get someone who's come and he wants the tooth extracted you have the option of saving the tooth mm. you'd still do that you're still you're not just pulling teeth out or pulling something out for the fun of it you know you're actually trying to help the patient mm. and so you kind of have to stick to the same you 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 stick exactly to what you learned in your undergrad um you don't sort of deviate from that whatsoever because mm. you're not trying to do any harm to the patient you're, yeah. you know. but that's the thing you you never forget that and i think that was the important thing that you learned so you never forget the skills that you learned in your undergrad but you learned and added new things yeah, yeah. added new skills yes so like now you're doing uh, msc in oral maxillofacial surgery from manchester yeah and how's that experience it's a bit different um in terms of in terms of so a, it's a lot more focused on actual oral surgical work okay it's less on the max max side of things okay that's one um to the approach is very different hmm. um to the way i was going to ask you that like, how, how different is it from uh india like so that approach to teaching is a bit different okay um in india you'd sort of be left alone and unless you had an a bit of a problem or you couldn't solve something you need some help hmm. that's when you'd get other people to come in and help you and yeah, that's why you sort of you know you make your mistakes and you learn from them yeah that's what i always say here you they're watching every sort of step that you're doing okay and if you go wrong they will correct you at that point okay they won't wait for you to find out basically <laughs> you know yeah. um it, it's a more hands on like yeah. hands on experience from them hmm. i like the indian approach as well because i thought you know you get to make your own mistakes hmm. but here it's before you've made the mistake they've already corrected something that they think is going wrong okay okay you see what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. So I I think that's an interesting way of, of of teaching. So like do you start getting patients the, the very oh, first immediately. year immediately? Immediately. Absolutely immediately. Um, mean, do you have to give a certain test or no it's just like No no no. I mean uh, once you get into the program they know it's just going to be mostly clinical work anyway. So mm. you get into the program and then they just start you off straight. And So yeah. it it's different in terms of uh, teaching or the approach the whole approach towards dentistry is only different. The approach towards dentistry is different. Okay. Um I think outside of of india they're a bit more they're a bit more conservative in what they do um in okay. terms of treatment mm-hmm. um you know it it i wouldn't say it makes a huge difference mm. but i think um they're a bit you know they want to be a bit more sort of patient friendly they are pro patient they're very pro patient friendly mm-hmm. whereas here you're a bit like okay you know this is the issue kind of have to do it there's no mm. other way around it and I find that there's a flip side of things where yeah. here it's far easier you get stuck in a situation it's far easier to sort of get out of it get around it and get out of that situation mm. whereas there you have to sort of follow that and they're very strict on their protocols so you can't get stuck in that sort yeah. of you know limbo a little bit but it, it's they're two different approaches and they both have their pros and cons mm. so it's it's just a different way of 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 working but apart from uh, oral surgery you must have interacted with a lot of other uh, specialties in in oh, Manchester yeah, yeah. so proceed I mean how is it different it, or it's it's all the same like you know I mean most dentistry is more or less similar, similar. I mean if you're doing basic sort of the basics of prosthodontics and occlusion mm-hmm. the basics of endodontics and occlusion it's just the approach that is just the approach exactly um and what which one do you prefer like if I what do I prefer um I'm a bit on the fence honestly I don't know which one I prefer there are days when I prefer one and then the other mm. so I'm not really sure um but I I guess I don't really find that out when I have my own freedom to do it mm. you know and i think i've got got used to their style now so yeah that's yeah. that's one advantage so like you have done your masters uh, in oral surgery so why msc why am like you've done a masters and you're doing another masters like why is that um because that's re- one question which a lot of people so this i think ask you there's two reasons to that one i always wanted to get a different approach and exposure mm-hmm. um that i think that's the main but you could have done a fellowship also right yeah true but i don't think you get the whole sort of general experience okay. Okay. with your fellowships you're way, way more targeted so okay. if you get out of it and then you just do a fellowship in sort mm. of major surgery mm. here mm. it's the whole spread of oral surgery and i think that's a completely i mean people talk about you know you you'll get out of mds you'll do a fellowship in say uh, onco surgery or tmj mm. or something mm. there's nothing that gives you a different approach to oral surgery and that essentially is your bread and butter as an oral mm. as as a, as even an oral maxillofacial surgeon 
Okay. So it's in, you know, it's in the title of what we do when we do our MDS here. But people take it, I wouldn't say they take it for granted a bit, but because everybody knows how to do it, there's no different exposure, different approach to that sec- section mm. of it. That's where I was interested. So that's one. The yeah. second one? The second one, obviously, is it's a bit of an easy pathway into the UK. I think okay. that's that's one one of the other reasons. So you, you're looking at practicing in UK yeah, for yeah. the lockdown? Yeah, definitely looking at practicing in the UK. Because I'm sure a lot of them, like, you know, must have thought you might come back after your MSc. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably later, not now. I mean, I, I like, like you know, this, I always have the option of coming back. Yeah. Um, but I think you just uh, want a different Much lifestyle. better. Yeah. Overall, it's the whole experience. It's the whole experience for me. It's not only about... And you're living in Manchester. I mean, I know, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, like, you're a big Manchester United fan. You're doing masters in Manchester. I mean, you're living the dream. I mean, sort of, of a lot of people. So, I mean, how does it feel? Like, I mean, well, you know, I've actually, when you learn that, that, oh, okay, I'm going to do MSc in Manchester, like, you know. Oh, I was very excited. Yeah. Um, Because it's, you know, you're right there. Um, Yeah. It's not far away at the stadium yeah. at any point. Um, and I, I actually got there during the worst possible time. I went there at the height of lockdown. Shit. And I, the first six, eight months, there was no football on. Like, mm. you couldn't go to the ground. I still haven't been. Um, You've never s- not seen any matches yet? No, I haven't been. Well, not to a football game, no. Mm. Um, You're planning to soon? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually planning on going and watching a game before. But um, I ended up getting COVID that week. So, <laughs> it kind of ruined a bit of my plans. Um but no, it's it's great because mm-hmm. it's one of the few places where the actual, and I live in an area where it's like sort of dominated by Man, by Man United fans. So most, thankfully, thankfully, yeah, thankfully. And again, if you go to a different part of the city, it'll be City fans. But um, it's so funny how what happens on the football field basically decides the entire mood of that week. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally walk down the street, yeah. and there'd be about eight hundred people swearing and yelling, and yeah. you know, and it's been very depressing. For the last few months, obviously. Yeah, true. Even last night. Yeah. Oh, thank God I didn't watch last night. I was watching it. I was like, it's okay. Yeah, so that, that's the way it works there. It's quite an intriguing one. So, the thing is, so I, I went to Manchester in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, I was visit, visiting my brother in London. And so, we went to uh, Manchester. We took a trade. Uh, I was wearing a United jersey. So, I mean, I did not know what to expect. Because what, what if a City fan... I, don't, I had no idea. So I wore a jersey and I and I, 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 I wore a hoodie over it. Because mm-hmm. I was not sure if, if anyone looks at the jersey, I mean, what reception I'll get. So the entire uh, uh, taxi drive from the railway station to the United Stadium, uh, Old Trafford, I was, you know, I was hiding the jersey. And once we landed there, I mean, I took out the hoodie and I, I felt at home. I mean, it's, you, you it's, feel comfortable there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, he... Uh, you, you are supporting a team which is miles away but then when you land there at the doorstep you feel like home I mean and you are living in the same city in the same vicinity it's amazing you say this because I felt so comfortable in that city from the minute I've landed mm-hmm. it's just been you know it's been really easy to, to sort yeah. of adapt there for me and you walk around and especially in Manchester you see people wearing all sorts I saw one guy walking down the street one day with a Liverpool shirt on and I thought you know how is he not getting beaten up <laughs> True, true. Yeah, so, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's very friendly and, and they're not, um, I think if you, most of the times they're friendly, like, you know, like, the <laughs> no, actually they're always friendly, I, I've not, I still haven't, I mean, of course, there's other people that have had different experiences, but yeah. so far in my experience, I haven't come across anything. The food has been good, the people are nice, I mean, what more would you ask for? No, absolutely, and actually, especially when the Euros were on, mm-hmm. it was even more fun because you'd get these massive throngs of people uh, singing It's Coming Home and things. You just walk down the street and you know, that's it the kind of... It almost came home. Like, you know. I, have, I think I may have been the only one not supporting England that England time. at that time. <laughs> I was supporting them when David Beckham was playing. So when he retired, I, was, I stopped like, supporting them because they had that golden generation with uh, Lampard, Beckham, uh, Gerard. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. So, and uh, like, do you plan to go like, uh, like, for example, I was speaking to a lot of uh, physiotherapists who are practicing in Manchester and they do get a chance to work at Old Trafford. Is that the case? Like You, I mean, you do, yeah. Is a hospital tied up with them in any way? It is, it is. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
there's three or four big hospitals okay. within the city of Manchester. And I think if you're a physiotherapist from the university, okay. you do get a tie-up at, at both of the not for Not for dentists yet? No, not for dentists yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you do get a tie-up with both of the football clubs. So that's that's one advantage of being physiotherapy in Manchester. Is you get easy access to that. And then the cricket ground's not far away either. Yeah. So you can get tied up with the, the, with the county team. Have you been to any matches yet? Sorry? Have you been to any matches as like any cricket matches? Yeah, I, I was actually at the... I was really upset actually when they cancelled the Manchester Test match because I had tickets for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was up at Leeds for the, the, the game that we the lost. The last one, right? No, no, no. This is the one that we lost. This is, I think it was the third one. Mm-hmm. The third, the third one. one. Third one, yeah. And it was just such a fun experience because... The one where you'd wear dress for? Yeah, we went dressed up as Super Mario. It's just such I'm going to put that photo at the intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a completely unique experience. Um, in, in terms of... There's just... It's, a, it's like a sense of enjoyment that's yeah. there, that's not there at, at in, 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 India. in India. Yeah, Because I, I showed that picture to a few friends and they were like, is he mad? I was like, no, that's their culture. Like, they do that. They're oh, yeah, that's their culture. Yeah, yeah, they're very open. Like, like, because... Uh, with you, there were many other people who were dressed up in various costumes. Yeah. So the first day I went there, huh. we were we were dressed up obviously in the Mario costume. And in one of the other stands, they had people that were dressed up as... So there was a bunch of nuns being chased around by the Pope. No offense to any Catholics <laughs> listening to this. And the second day, there was... At the stadium? Oh uh, Yeah, in the stadium. Oh. They actually had them on the big screen. And then the second day, um, when we were in the party stand, they had... Um, a bunch of butchers mm-hmm. chasing around a chicken. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So, I mean, <laughs> and we ended up getting pictures with them after that. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah. And you played cricket with them, right? Yeah, so when the game got over by about lunch. And then... And the fan zone? No. No, so this wasn't the fan zone. So, basically, you walk out of the stand. And, you know, like where all the conces- concession stands are normally. Yeah, yeah. These guys have just piled all their beer cans into a set of stumps. One bat suddenly appears out of nowhere. One of the birds is bowling at me. And then, you know, that's it. You start playing cricket outside. Yeah. It, it was amazing. It was just such an interesting experience to have that happen. You know what that reminded me of? We had this match in, uh, during final year when we had the black jerseys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rain washed away during DPL. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And we were playing cricket uh, at the, like, you know, be, uh, um, backstage. The, yeah. Behind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I remember this. I was there. I, I, and like, it reminded me of that. So, um, speaking of all that. How did your love for cricket come up? Like, you know, because you're some, you and like, you, Ian and Arjun are the three people who I know are into cricket since first year, since I know you. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, talk through it. I mean, I I started watching cricket at a very, very young age. I must mm-hmm. have been about four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing cricket properly with, I mean, like proper leather yeah. ball, serious cricket yeah. when I was about, I think, seven. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved it since then. Um, I've represented all, both of my school teams. Yeah. Um, we played so much cricket at DY, um, sure. and even even played even more. We played even more, and the thing was after that, um, when I ended up doing my MDS, mm-hmm. I ended up playing for the the Sunday League team, which was you know that's another entirely different yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, there's there's a doctors league that you know we all play in, mm. um, and now that I'm in Manchester, I'm actually going to be part of that team as well. So it's just you know straight progression. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And so along with cricket, you're also into squash. Yeah. So I mean that I remember because um, you, you used to go to the club, right? Yeah, I still do. I still do. So are you still continuing that in UK? Yeah, I'm actually part of the squash team at the university now. Wow. Um, but it's a great sport. I mean, it's it's very different to cricket, obviously, because it's, it's cricket's a bit more laid back. Mm-hmm. This is sort of all action, all intensity, um, and it's an individual sport. As well, and you, I mean, I, I love the sort of freneticness of squash. Yeah. We're always constantly running around. Yeah, and again, I played it at like a reasonable level when I was in um, in school. So basically, uh, sports has a has a special place and mm. a lot of importance in your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what would your suggestion be? Because a lot of people, you know, they, once they turn, once they like you know get into a professional college, they leave sports. Like, and that's something like you are a prime example, wherein you're st- you're doing your master's degree and everything like that but at the same time you're playing sports at a very good level so no I think it's for me it's very important to keep playing sports because I'm one of those people that if I just leave everything and just mm. do one thing I'll go I'll get like 
cabin fever and go a bit crazy. So I have to sort of do something to, you know, calm myself. Yeah. And I think sports really helps in that. Mm. Um, but also I love it. I think you have to do things that you enjoy. Mm. And sports is one of, I mean, if, if there's something, if there's a game on on TV, it doesn't matter what sport it is, I'll sit down and watch it. Any sport. Any sport. It could be any sport. Honestly. I love F1, football, obviously, squash. I could even watch tennis. Mm. Um, so anything, you know. And uh, thankfully, luckily, wherever you have been, sports has been a part of it. Like Diva is big on sports. Manchester is big on sports. So you have been lucky like that. No, I have been lucky, definitely. Um, I've lucked out on the two universities because, you know, you, you get to play a lot of cricket at Diva. Yeah. Um, and with Manchester, I'm both. What about Manchester? Like, do you still get to play cricket? Yeah. Um, so the only difference I would say between um, the universities here mm. and in uh, in manchester with mm. um, with regards to sport is it's taken a bit more seriously there okay so if you're doing it um here it was just a bit you know you'd have a few fun and games once a year once a year or something like that there you're doing it competitively mm. so you can still do your even when you're doing a masters yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you still have I, mean, I somehow have found enough time for it yeah um but I have training once a week for squash, training once a week for cricket. Mm. And there's games, you know, for squash on Wednesdays. And I think cr- cricket will start in the summer. Mm. Um, but it's it's a unique sort of set of experiences that way. Where mm. it, they take it and it's competitive sport. Mm. You know, it's not it's not mild. It's not light or anything like that. It is amateur, but it is competitive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like uh, any other sport you're, you're playing apart from squash and cricket in UK? No. I, Are you into video games? No. I mean, I, I well, not really. I've never been a big gamer. Okay. I've always spent far more time. If I had the choice, yeah. I wouldn't sit at home. I'd be outside. Yeah. Um, so I picked up like in the UK. I've picked up um, bouldering, rock climbing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really fun. And then every now and then go karting. Mm. You know. So if anyone wants to study in UK mm-hmm. or say Manchester, to be specific, how how good do you think is the city for students like who want to come over and say like do dentistry? I mean. It's actually got a really good dental school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the, the the sort of things that attracted me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing with the university is it's, so it's attached to a very, very big hospital. Okay. And so you'll get a lot of patients. It's mm-hmm. one of the biggest setups in the, the northwest of England. Mm-hmm. Because of that, um, you do get a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, the teaching is great. And yeah, it's, it's actually a great place to study. It's very student friendly. Um, and it's a city university, so it's in the middle of the city. And it's very close to a lot of other cities too, right? Yeah, you you travel maybe an hour, you know, I've taken the train out, The Liverpool's an hour, yeah. the other side Leeds is an hour and a half. Um, only London's far away, yeah. but everything else is fairly close. I think the train, like, uh, it still took us two and a half hours, but if you go by a bus, it takes a good six, seven it hours. It takes four and a half, five hours, I think. Like so, uh, anyone who wants to come, it's a good city, like, and it's something which you would recommend people to do that. Oh, definitely. Um, it's a different experience to a massive city like Bombay or London. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit smaller. Mm. But it's got this sort of mad energy about it that that doesn't exist anywhere else. And it's got good architecture. Like you It's know. it's beautiful because it's got um, all of these old... It used to be the sort of center for the Industrial Revolution. Mm. So it's got these wonderful old sort of buildings that are around. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you'll have... In the midst of all of this old... All these old buildings, you'll have this massive new skyscraper that looks insane. Mm-hmm. And... Then they they have like converted warehouses and things and it's just beautiful, honestly. You, you walk through it. And have you seen any footballers or any cricketers in Manchester? Like, you know, just like... You know, so... Have you met any of them? I haven't met them. Yeah. But I crossed paths with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo one day. Wow. Like um, recently? No, not recently. This would have been about five or six months ago. But uh, I think he was about five. I... I remember seeing it on Instagram. Mm. But there was this one Caribbean restaurant that I went to to pick up jerk chicken. Yeah. And literally 10 minutes after I'd left, he was there. Like he went to the same place. So uh, if anyone is listening, I eat the same uh, chicken as Cristiano Ronaldo does. I'm sure he has the same (laughs) physique too as Cristiano Ronaldo. Dude, but uh, also like speaking about that, um, your parents are like a powerhouse couple Mm. in dentistry. I mean, they both are accomplished dentists. And so... uh, you know, having such parents, uh, is it like a burden on you or like like a responsibility or does it motivate you? 
Oh. It's a it's a very big motivating factor, yes, because you see where they are and okay. you want it automatically. Your first thing is you want to reach that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be a burden at times. Um, I think you can people can get bogged down by the weight of expectation. Because more often than not, I see people getting bogged down, like mm-hmm. you know, saying I don't want to do what my parents do. They have so many responsibilities, and I don't want to follow them. Like you know, I want to create my own path. Nothing wrong in that, but I think it's something which I mean. with like you know motivate because you see two people who are very successful who balancing life and work at the same time and if they can you know why can't i no absolutely i mean you but you want to still create your own path yeah. um the thing is that you th- there's no way i could become my father mm-hmm. like i can't be the same person i'm yeah. a different person i will not be i'll not follow the exact same pathway as him mm-hmm. i have to find my own way yeah and my success depends on myself Mm. not what he has done yeah. he can only teach me yeah so i think if you stick to those sort of basic rules you're absolutely fine you don't get burdened by the weight of expectation have they ever told you like you know you have to like you know oh no absolutely not i've always been i mean even doing dentistry was my choice and time mm-hmm. it wasn't I had nothing to do with that cuz like people do think like you know ki uh, your father is a dentist so he'll also become a dentist and it's easy for them mm-hmm. but like you know people from the outside they they think you know it's easy for him because he's going to get all this stuff but for me i think it's much more of a burden because like you know uh, you have to maintain that level which which a father has maintained and not maintain go over that so that's a even bigger task and like you know f- for someone like you who's doing it you have not left it you, you i think you're on your way of doing something for yourself because i don't know many people who are doing like you know double masters like mm-hmm. you know and from I think mine's a bit of an interesting case because again I found my own sort of pathway through it. Yeah. Um and I mean I if I'm g- trying to give advice to people I would say don't repeat what I've done. <laughs> right? <laughs> why would like why would you say that? Basically it's a similar degree to the MBS anyway. Okay. Um it's just helpful for where I'm going. But again it's a different exposure. Mhm. Um so I think if you get the best of both worlds out of it that's great. Yeah. And then you can pick and choose. But I think if you really want to just go and settle down in the UK, mm-hmm. there is no point in doing an MBA here. Okay. So that's I think that's the advice that I would give people. So you are always keen on oral surgery, or you had few backups on your mind, like no, if I don't no, get no, no, that, no, 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 none whatsoever. It was it was oral surgery or bust for me. Okay. And what if you did not get into Manchester? What was the second option? Um. So I had applied to do a f- the um, implant certificate program at NYU. Okay. And I got in there. So that was the backup program. It's a two-year program, right? It's a two-year program, yeah. um, and of course, you work at NYU. Mm-hmm. It's quite intense, mm-hmm. but it's sort of that's very focused on implant dentistry. Also, you were at the Mayo Clinic, and you did a, a clinical residency program there. Yeah. Uh, for how long was that? So I was there for about three weeks, okay. three and a half weeks. Because it's it's one of the most famous uh, dental hospitals or chains or clinics in the world, and. to work i mean just to be in that for a day is a big thing you were there for 3 weeks i mean a lot of people would love to know what what happened how was the experience so i mean i think one of the things that they teach you there first of all the thing with the malu clinic is the way they've set the place up it is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. um is it the building the the, the tall building yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. tall building yeah <laughs> it is it is that one um the just i think the pure scales of operation were Mm. completely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um the technology they used was great. Uh they were very they were I would say they were wedded to a philosophy that that really works. Okay. Um sticking to all on four all on six implants things like that. Mm-hmm. Um but what you get to learn there mm-hmm. was how to deal with um you know cases where you can't do bone grafting. Okay. Difficult implant cases where you have to put in say zygomatic implant or pterygoid mm-hmm. implant or something like that. they stuck to zygomas and all on four all on six okay but their whole thing was full arch treatments that was the the main thing that everyone goes there to learn and the way they do it they have a set protocol you can have if you learn that you can have any of say 12 dentists doing that exact procedure and it will be exactly the same no matter how well trained they are hmm. they train you like that they train you like that and i think that was the that was the thing to learn from them but the whole experience of like so were there more people with you in that uh, there was a few people that came in uh, you know they kept coming in all over the world yeah from all over the world um so you got to meet like i while i was there i met 
um, three or four dentists from Canada. There mm-hmm. was a guy from Germany that came. There was a Norwegian guy. And, you know, you keep meeting people that keep sort of... So, uh, like, so I did a one-year program in Manipal mm-hmm. uh, for implants. So, one of the days, uh, the doctors from Mayo Clinic had come. Oh, Dr. Armando. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had come right. to teach us uh, all on four. Yeah, all on four. So, yeah. he, like, he showed us everything, like, you know. Yeah. So, a lot of people were inquisitive. Like, I I may be one of the most y- younger guys who mm-hmm. was a part of the program. But the senior guys out there, they were speaking to him and wanted to do the three-week program and everything like that, you know. Yeah. So, like, the way they teach you, I mean, they put so much confidence in you that once, like, you know, you hear them and you're like, oh, I can do that. Like, yeah, it. I think they take the sort of mystery away from it and yeah. people think it's very difficult to do but they'll just show you a sort of easy pathway and it's yeah the all, in, the all yeah. in four thing he showed me on the yeah. model was yeah. like that's it he's like yeah, yeah. that's it <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> that's what I that was the first thing I learned there I was like oh okay you have to know where your sort of anatomical yeah. landmarks yeah. are whether upper or lower depending on what the landmark is mm. just you, know, you learn how to avoid it that's it but it's not for everyone right you can't just recommend going to the man training because forget the financial part just like you know you have to love doing that right like you won't recommend that to anyone i would recommend it to anybody who's interested in implant dentistry okay i think that's you know you have to go and see that i mean it's it's a well-established protocol it's a well-established set of 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 treatments so they teach you the protocol also yeah you get to see the protocol in action they will give you exactly how they do it okay and they have, it's so specific that it, they'll, for example, they'll tell you what kind of, you know, how much bone you need to remove to fit their Malo bridge on top. Mm. Um, all of, you know, everything. You get to learn it in detail and for different cases. Okay. So I think that's the, the, the great advantage because you get to see it in action as opposed to just their, you know, their paperwork basically. Mm. Also, uh, this is one of my favorite questions is like, what's your favorite oral healthcare brand or any specific health oral healthcare instrument you use at home and which you would recommend to people I mean I think the one I mean I'm not a big you know fan of a lot of these things but I think the one that I'm really happy with is the water pick I think that's just a the great, water pick yeah it is a fabulous device it keeps everything so nice and clean mm. um, really helps it you know sort of protects your oral hygiene beautifully they are the ones who started the whole water flossing thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's still, I would still recommend that if if I had to be asked. Mm-hmm. You know, any specific uh, like reasons why you love water pick? Like, I mean, do you have any specific reasons why you love the product? No, I mean, I just know it was the first, and okay. it's the only one I've ever used. Okay, okay. and I haven't. You've never tried any, any. No, because it works so well. I didn't see the need to sort of veer from that. It's a very simple mechanism, but simple it device, works yeah. flawlessly. How they implement that it's very flawless yeah absolutely it's a very easy device mm-hmm. also any specific apps you use on your phone for dentistry on a normal day-to-day basis so um i don't think they have it here but which one is that? it's in the uk there's a there's an so they have this sort of database mm-hmm. called the bnf i don't think they have no i don't think they have it here but it's a it's a database called the bnf which basically um, allows you to find it's fabulous for like pharmacology and the drugs that you're using okay and I think it's one of it's my pharma favorite camp, yeah. It's, a, it's a yeah it's basically a, a sort of dental pharmacology app okay but it's so it's linked to this database and what it basically allows you to do how do you spell it it's just BNF the letter. BNF yeah okay. BNF um, so, so it's a website or an app it's both so you have an app as well as the website you have to pay for it I don't think you can get it in India but okay. I know in the UK it's free okay um, it's free and all of the hospitals have a sort of you know journal you don't want to do that you just sort of you go to the app type in the uh, name of the drug everything pops up in a second you know what interactions mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the things I found out from that is that you'll have a simple drug that you think doesn't interact with something else and then it might pop up oh I mean you do have some some similar apps uh, but I don't think it's that uh, it has that ease of use what you're seeing yeah, like, you know yeah. Like everything just pops up. I know apps, but they they're very uh, I wouldn't say cumbersome. But then you have to click on many things to reach that particular drug. Yeah. So here it's just you literally pick your drug, and all of the information will just pop up. I'm sure there are people out there who can use various things to get hold of that website. 
No, I'm sure. But it's just the one that I thought was was just most... It was just the easiest. Yeah. Also, uh, what's your favorite dental instrument? Like so, something which probably you, you may not be using now, but you get it only in India or anything like that. But it's your favorite. You absolutely love it. I think the one that I've found that I can't live without now is a Luxator. Okay. Um, it's just made dental extractions so easy. It's made it so much simpler. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you still have to use your forceps and everything. But it makes life so simple, especially when you have a difficult extraction. It's below the crest of the bone. And, you know, you just go glide along it. comes out. It's made life very, very simple for a lot of oral surgeons. And people will, you know. Any any specific brands? Like, is there any specific brand that um, in, you would recommend? So, the Indian ones, actually, GDC has some great luxators. Okay. They do some very nice uh, thin ones. Mm-hmm. Fine luxators that can get between, you know, split the PDL fibers and get through. It's beautiful. And any specific color? Because I'm seeing a lot of colorful luxators now in the market. So or you don't have anything specific in your head? I mean, you can get a colorful luxator. The tip is the important bit. No, oh, but like, like, <laughs> like, do you love, like, do you have any specific color? Because I know many dentists who are like, I just want a pink color. I just want a black color. Yeah, yeah if I had the choice, I'd get a pink one. Pink one. A baby pink one. <laughs> yeah, baby pink. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the pink jersey we always wanted to have. Yeah, I know. I still I still haven't gotten. I still want it. <laughs> I mean, would have looked ridiculous, but then I'm no, sure we would have pulled it off. We would have pulled it off. I'm the closest. We, I mean, we, we've worn yellow, uh, red, uh, green, green, blue, black. And, so, and, and the black had like a nice gold trim on gold it as well. Trim. I'm sure even the baby pink would have looked good on us. Like, you know, we, we would have carried it off. And actually, while I'm uh, at Manchester, I'm also wearing purple. <laughs> Did Yeah, they have Oh, so the, the theme is purple. Yeah, right? the, the, the color for I'm it. I'm sure that you, you need to go to NYU because their theme also is purple. So, uh, like, so I, I was there for a bit, uh, for a few months in NYU. So right. They have a theme which goes from... Uh, it's purple. It's purple. It's basically. purple, basically. Yeah. yeah. What's like, uh, for example, you have a lot of young dentists coming mm-hmm. up and who are doing dentistry, who want to join dentistry, who have passed BDS, but now want to do masters. So, what? I mean, if you had a chance, what would you suggest them? Do dentistry? Should not do dentistry? If they're doing dentistry, should do this? Should I mean, what would your opinion about dentistry in general in today for a student be? I mean, do what you love. I think that that's one of the things that that I've followed. Um, I've basically done exactly the kind of dentistry that I want to practice. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into. Okay, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. If you are one of those people that is a very patient, diligent kind of person, mm-hmm. likes endo, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to fiddle around with small gum surgeries and things like that. Do perio. Yeah. Do what you love. Mm-hmm. Don't be in a situation... You're going to have to learn anything, everything anyway. Hmm. Don't be in a situation where you think you can be able to manage everything at a very high level. You won't. Okay. Pick one thing if you want to do an MDS, hmm. especially. Pick one thing hmm. that you think you'd be the absolute best at. Okay. Or that you love the most. Okay. And then go for that. But in today's time, would you like, suggest people to, to pick up dentistry? Uh, that's a difficult question. I know... It, it it differs from yeah. a lot of a lot of factors, a lot of situations. Agreed. But then, if you had a chance of doing dentistry all over again, would you? I mean, that's the easiest way I could ask you. I I if I mean because I because I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I would still do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's, that's what, what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like, is it okay if they don't do MD or it, it has? I mean, they have to do it. You have to find your own career path. I mean, you can. I've seen people that haven't done an MDS and are still fabulous dentists. Yeah. Um, they know, you know, they, some, some of them do better endo than coming from you will make a difference because you have, when I mean, you're doing masters again and then, you know, to come from someone like you would be great for people who, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, re-emphasizes the fact that you don't need to do an MDS to be successful. No. But then if you do, it's great. If you yeah. don't do, it's it's fine. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what the way you do your work is mm-hmm. going to define who you are. Okay. Um, And it, the number of degrees you have really doesn't matter. So, I mean, I would say still say do it yeah. because it's helpful. Yeah. And if you're really interested in a particular subject, it would be great. Mm. So, you can manage without it. Mm. But it's just, it would be nicer to, if you had one. Mm. That would be my advice. Yeah. Also, uh, you have your own podcast. 
like one of the earliest uh, adopters in the whole podcasting thing who i know was you you started mm-hmm. your own uh, podcast so you have to say something about what a podcast is what's the name what is it about and where do you want to take it so i mean my love for cricket also extended to the love of broadcasting so we started it was three friends that initially started this is about 4 years ago now 4 years yeah we've had it since 2018 um i remember we were it was just before the india england series in 2018 that we started the podcast so it, it, it's 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 an audio exclusive podcast or it's video also right no it's become video now when we first started it was purely audio okay um and we were just three guys sitting around a mic and recording mm-hmm. and we had some fairly controversial opinions mm. and basically it was just you know making fun of each other and <laughs> making fun of cricket and there was a few serious points yeah. thrown in um before i moved to manchester we kind of went on hiatus because one of my friends decided that he didn't want to do it anymore so mm. it was just the two of us left okay and through the lockdown i think we got the idea um from zoom mm. because I don't live in the same city as my friend who's with me on the podcast. Yeah. He lives in New York, I live in Manchester. Yeah. Um but we kind of managed it because of Zoom. Mm. And we started actually last year from the India Australia series. Um just after that. Yeah. And uh, we got and then we decided that we do video obviously. Mm. Um but then you know you can add so many fun things on it. So we like I when when I went to Headingley, you know, you'd see all the um all the costumes and things like that. And yeah. I I thought that was I wanted to make it fun. Yeah. Um and the name just suggests that. Yeah. It's called No Balls Cricket. It's there on Spotify? Is there on it's on pretty much everything. Spotify, Google, Anchor. Perfect. Um perfect. everything and we're on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's great. It's really fun. Um And but, but, like where do you want to take it? Like or you you're fine with its current iteration or do you want to like expand it to a bigger thing? I mean, I would like I would really enjoy it if it became a bit of a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Um like for example, we did an interview with Rob Moody if anybody mm-hmm. knows who Rob Moody. Yeah. Um you know, his collection of videos on YouTube is just legendary. Yeah. Um what I realized through that is I wanted to do sort of more with it. Mm-hmm. So we're currently in the process of tracking down a few um very interesting cricket YouTubers. Mm. um they're not ones that are making sort of informational videos or another podcast okay. but they do their own sort of different things well there's an interest in cricket but it's not related to just talking about the game okay you know okay yeah so it's it's things like um so it's only going to be an online thing or you you want to plan you plan to take it offline too like you know sometime in the future i mean if i cuz i see i see what what opportunities you have and you can take it offline you can go in the stadium and ask you know ha- have this fun conversation with supporters fans have a little bit of banter with people you you could do that no i mean i've thought about it and okay. we did um, we sort of did do it at headingley with yeah. with the um, <laughs> you know when we were playing the concourse cricket yeah. I, i thought that was um, that, that, that was it. that was a bit fun yeah. um, a bit of the fun thing and Also you get sort of influenced by um some of the if you've seen the Man United fan can, uh, fan channels yeah Stephen Housen and you know people of uh, of Who that no Arsenal TV fan TV oh Have god no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that name does not get taken in Manchester very often <laughs> no no I'm just saying like yeah you know I'm safe in India but yeah that's one of the most hilarious uh, uh, shows out there like no absolutely um arsenal fan fan tv is great yeah. um <laughs> there was that absolutely crazy guy mark goldbridge who everyone thinks is yeah, an absolute yeah. nightmare yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and you know but there's also something what actually i my aim for the podcast is where mm. i wanted to end up being okay is something like um if you watch the kickoff mm-hmm. so you sort of have it's essentially like a round table yeah. of people discussing or watching cricket. Yeah. I think that would be the ultimate end goal. Yeah. If I get to that point I'll be happy man. Yeah. Yeah, like you know yeah. you're getting to sit with your friends talking about the thing you love and hopefully make money out of it like No, absolutely. You you know you get, make your it can't get better. No, it it cannot it literally cannot yeah. get better. And you you're talking about something that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, apart from podcasting and sports, how do you relax? How how do you like chill like how do you uh, you know in, in your small like little free time how do you like spend your free time like do you read book like you know some books or i don't know so i'm 
lately i've gotten into playing a lot of chess okay um, online or like uh, no online 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 um, there's a great uh, website called chess.com okay and you play people all around the world online mm-hmm. um time games and mm-hmm. it's great because it just it takes your mind off of things mm-hmm. but it keeps your mind sort of occupied mm-hmm. you know i think that for mental simulation is fabulous um and if i have to watch netflix that's the only other thing and you had a great collection of music too because uh, whenever <laughs> we uh, sit in a car because you used to put this um, like s- s- some songs i've never ever heard of and they were great i mean i may not have admired them back then mm-hmm. but now to come to think of it you know like so you you had a good taste in music too like you know so i mean do you play anything or i mean i so this is years ago now but we used to have a bit of a, we used to have a band band yeah. a, a rock band um, mm-hmm. and i was actually the singer <laughs> i could play guitar a bit mm-hmm. um but no it's i've always been a fan of rock music okay. um and reggae you know, got into reggae very heavily because of Ian as well mm-hmm. um i mean not that i wasn't into it before but he just you know made it better um but no i really enjoy that kind of music so if i'm sitting down and listening to something it'll always be that mm-hmm. uh and i'm not one of those people that likes listening to something that everybody's listening to yeah i'll have to find my own thing that's I i'm think sure about that because that. whenever i sit in a sit in a i've heard music which i've never heard anywhere <laughs> not mtv not in on the radio <laughs> something different yeah most of my stuff will never be i don't i'm not a fan of like overly the commercial country. yeah the commercial part yeah. of it no so it has to be something different i was thinking that they like you know when, when you asked me about the podcast i'm like you know hopefully i don't know maybe in the future if ian is there probably in, we all are there in one city we should have a podcast cuz i mean so, like of course you have more but then we have so many memories with ian and like you know he has so many experiences to share with us so many things i want to ask him on record which i mean i've asked him off record but then i wanted to be on record you know so that people know like you know we had a guy like him in in it's hard to believe that there's a guy like him around no? yeah true. i mean i mean <laughs> you've seen the beard yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a joke like you know and like, like a filter yeah no well I, i thought it was a filter too initially and then he whatsapp called me and it was actually green and i'm just thinking to myself why would someone do that to themselves and he kept it for like a week yeah oh so it's out out it's not there anymore right? i have no idea i haven't spoken to him in a week oh shit <laughs> was that <there> last week <laughs> no but he's fabulous on the podcast as well mm. um no that's what like you know like hopefully in the future you never know where life takes you but hopefully we'll meet up again and when yeah that happens so um before i leave you what's next for stan pradhan like you you are in your second year i'm in my second year next so next is final year next year is the final year then what what trying to get a pathway into the uk i think that would be the first aim mm-hmm. um but also just better myself in general okay. um try and become the best oral surgeon i can be mm-hmm. um that's the idea mm-hmm. and you know find opportunities there that you want to study more i, I think i'm done now <laughs> <laughs> phd fellowships <laughs> like uh the phd is always an option there mm. um i knew it but i think right now i'm not after a break that. after a bit of a break um i do like actually operating mm-hmm. um and I, i'm not saying i don't like um research but if i had the choice i'd pick actual surgery over research mm-hmm. so one thing i had in my mind is when you come back to india like in your holidays do you practice here or like you you just like relax well i mean this is the first time i've been back and it's mm-hmm. been a very short holiday so i haven't done any practicing um but i think maybe the next time if it's a longer trip yeah definitely. as dr pradhan told you like like let's go no not on a short two week holiday no mm-hmm. i think it was a bit longer it would have been a different story mm-hmm. so apart from dentistry what's next like you know like 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 you say anything more you an add on to that anything podcasting anything not i think the podcast is the next most obvious thing for me like apart from being an oral like a fabulous oral surgeon is anything more on your and will yeah, so that's that's one thing uh, get the podcast like do, do, for example do you want to start a company do you want to do this do that or something like that no i mean not particularly i'm not uh, i've never been one to have like a proper business mind mm-hmm. so i think i have to stick to what i know mm-hmm. which is oral surgery which is doing and i love sports i love doing the sports journalism bit mm-hmm. um and i think if i had a sort of alternative career path that would be it mm. you know it can still be like it can be a small part yeah of i mean you can that's what we're doing basically with yeah. the podcast so if it you know gets bigger than it gets bigger
and what's one guest you want on your podcast like oh one guest that i want on my podcast like you would love pay, pay anything like not not pay but then you would love them to have you know at this point in time i would love to have virat kohli on honestly i think he's give it a few months or or a year to or a year <laughs> once is it <retire. laughs> i'm sure like I, I mean, it would always change with you, time. I mean, being in Manchester is one of the best ways of you know catching hold of my thing, because mm. whatever I've like seen on media, they're very uh, much more open. Like in outside India, they yeah. can go out, roam outside, and to catch hold of them is much easier. I'm sure in India you can you you can do that, but then without Kohli, right? Without Kohli, and maybe Ravi Shastri. Ravi Shastri. Ravi Shastri. Why? Because of the memes, <laughs> not because of anything else. Some <laughs> of those memes from last year. <laughs> Go, good. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm allowed to swear or not on this one. I know you, you can. You oh, can. Okay. It's an expression. When he says "gote jam," but you'll have to get a lot of drinks for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd join him. Yeah, exactly. That's like, so that's good. So good yeah. to have you here. Thank on, you for having me. Very short podcast, but loved all your insights. Probably will I mean help will help a um, a lot of potential students out there who want to travel to Manchester mm-hmm. or who want to join dentistry. At the same time, you did share a few bit of your experiences, and it was great having you. Hopefully, we'll again have you soon. Uh, probably on next holiday or when I don't know when we meet in UK. Definitely. So, And Thank you. If you have any opinions on cricket, you're most welcome to join us on No Balls. I I do have I do have a few opinions, but then I'm gonna wait it out because <laughs> uh, what we can do is uh, I mean I, I do know a few bit of backstories mm-hmm. what happened during DPL. So if you have a DPL exclusive uh, uh, podcast, count me in. I'll do that. I think. That's one of the things that I want to do as well. Yeah, all like, right. Yeah, you, I think you, that's I mean, a good idea. And, and for that, you can call in many people. Like you know, for some few so minutes, a few each. tidbits. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of people have a lot of funny stories. Like, there's a, there's some very funny stories yeah. from that tournament <laughs> over the years. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Sudan. Thank you so nice much for having me. Okay, thank you. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Nan, thank you. Ah, oh, that's good, man. Yeah. Your setup is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like thoroughly enjoyed it. No, so the thing is. Um,